Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. Evening Times Sport, September 20. Craig Gordon pleased as big games come thick and fast. Report by James Kearney. Craig Gordon does not get much of a rest these days. Between playing for Hearts domestically, leading out the team on European nights and representing his country during international breaks, the 39-year-old rarely has an opportunity to put his feet up. But he wouldn't have it any other way. The Tynecastle captain has left his club teammates behind to join up with Steve Clark and the rest of the national team squad ahead of the upcoming Nations League triple header. Ukraine await tomorrow at Hamden, then it is the turn of the Republic of Ireland on Saturday, before Group B1 concludes in Krakow a week today as the Scots travel away to face Ukraine. It is a fairly hectic schedule for Gordon, and one that won't really relent until the Winter World Cup gets underway in Qatar. But the veteran goalkeeper is thrilled to have big matches, both for club and country, coming thick and fast. He said, I just love it. I love playing for Scotland. It's the highest level that you can play at, really. And every time I am fortunate enough to go out and play for Scotland, is a huge honour for me. It motivates me to keep playing well for Hearts and to be able to be involved in the national team. I don't want to give up my place easily. I have fought so hard over the years with different goalkeepers to earn as many caps as I have and I want to keep going and get as many as I can. As long as my body feels good and I'm still able to play, I will try and continue to play as long as I can. I don't know what a break is, what to have a rest is. Since I came back into the international team, it's been a lot of games, been very hectic and even right over the summers. I don't see that changing. I will just go as long as I can and try to keep playing as many games as possible. There are some players that choose to step back from international duty as they approach the twilight of their careers in a bid to prolong them. But for now at least, Gordon has no plans on stepping away from the Scotland setup. He added, Who knows? I don't know. It's one season at a time when you get to this stage. I wouldn't want to, but there may come a time where that has to happen but it certainly isn't something I would like to do. So I will keep going as long as I can and play as many games for Hearts and Scotland as I can.
the rematch with Ukraine in Mount Florida provides Gordon and his teammates with a fairly early opportunity to exact revenge on Alexander Petrakov's side, who defeated Scotland in a World Cup playoff semi-final back in June. The Scotland number one believes that the team are facing their opponents at a better stage of the season than last time, and, as a result, they will have a better chance of securing a win tomorrow night in Glasgow. He admitted, It was a disappointing camp all round at last time, and we need to do better. It's a different stage of the season. Hopefully we have got a lot more players who are in a better frame of mind, better condition, than we were at the end of last season. There were a lot of tired players trying to grind it out at a difficult stage of the season. It's a new season now. Everyone has gone through pre-season and started their seasons, so hopefully we are all in a good place and ready to give everything we have got to get the points we need. A lot of players had played 50 to 60 games leading up to that Ukraine playoff, and it's impossible to keep going at the very highest level when you have to play that amount of games. You had a lot of players who had had a lot of disappointments towards the end of the season, missing out on Champions League, top four qualification, whatever it may be. There were a few players who had disappointing ends to the season, and it was very difficult to lift it to go again. However much mentally you want to do it, physically, when you have played that amount of football, it is difficult to do. Hopefully, we are in a better position now. We will be desperate to go out there and put that right and get ourselves to the top of the group. Report by James Kearney Evening Times Sport, September 20 Rangers Chief John Bennett says, Let's fix it. Report by Ewan Payton Ibrook's chief John Bennett insists Rangers must do better at communicating with their own fans. In a 17-minute interview with Rangers TV, the deputy chairman spoke on a wide range of issues. In a free-to-watch preview clip posted on Twitter, the part owner of the club insisted that the supporters are the real owners of Rangers and he has demanded that Rangers supporters receive better messaging from the club going forward. He said, We must accept that there will always be challenges. We'll be challenged by our own support, rightly so. They're the lifeblood. That's who really owns this club. I was very struck by Premier League fans, their reaction in certain clubs to that whole Super League stuff. That told you, it certainly told the owners of the clubs who really owns the club. I am a part owner of Rangers, but I'm every bit an owner of Rangers as a fan, as I am as somebody who happens to own some shares. So never will we take them for granted, never. That's why I am annoyed at some valid criticism and observations 
that our communication with our fans has not been good enough recently. Let's fix that. That own the club. They are our lifeblood. It's not just a phrase. They own the club. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Times Sport, September 20. Nothing has come to an end, says Joe Hart. Report by Graeme McGarry. The frustration felt by everyone at Celtic after the surprise loss to St Mirren at the weekend would have centred around the paucity of attacking creativity and lack of defensive solidity in their performance and the three points they never looked like taking slipping from their grasp. The fact that the defeat meant they fell short of going an entire calendar year unbeaten in the Premiership and stopped that impressive run at 38 matches may have compounded their irritation further. Joe Hart, though, is keen to stress that the end of that long sequence without defeat, while desperately disappointing, is significant only in statistical terms rather than a portent of anything deeper or more troubling for this Celtic team, who, he says, won't swerve off their course just because they have hit a little bump in the road. Taking the match in isolation, the Celtic team were barely recognisable, right down to their grey change strip, which seemed to reflect the drab nature of their performance, as well as making it difficult to distinguish their players from those of St Mirren. What distinctly marked out the home players, though, was a commitment to the game plan of their manager, a quality that the Celtic squad have prided themselves on to this point. But the aggressive attacking football that has been their hallmark was nowhere to be seen, as their dominance of possession counted for little, given how powder-puff they were in the final third. Getting back to being the Celtic team that Postecoglou demands them to be, and that they aspire to be, will be the immediate aim once the international break is out of the way. Hart said, Look, we are proud of what we are doing. We are certainly proud of it. But we would have loved to be going into a 365th day with the record still going. But we are not. But we start again when we come back from the international break. Nothing has come to an end. We win, we lose, we keep going, and we keep pushing, and it's now on to the next. Our mindset doesn't change. We are building something where we want to just keep going, and just keep trying to get the best out of each other, and get the best as a team. That was no different in the game against St Mirren, and it will be no different when we go into our next game. We've got a guy in charge of us who that is the only thing that he is going to allow. He's got senior players like myself. It's the only way you can look at it. You have got to be cool and calm in both the good and the bad, and be ready to go again, because if you're not ready to go again, someone else will be.
We are not emotional. You don't see him getting carried away when we have won, however many on the spin. It was a tough result for the team on Sunday, tough to take, but we all represent each other and we are ready to push and go again. You always want more. It's just not always quite that easy. It's not set up for everything to be easy for us. We have shown that we are prepared to roll our sleeves up. It wasn't meant to be against St Mern, but we go again. Humility and hard work, according to Hart, have been the bedrock of the success this Celtic squad have enjoyed over the past 15 months or so, and those qualities will be at the centre of their response to the setback at St Mern. He continued, It's the only attitude that you can take. Who are you to think you are anything for winning a game of football? You're not. You are here to do a job. We are here to represent an amazing fan base, the club, and the least we can do is put in an effort. And whether we do win, lose or draw, we do put that effort into it. It just was not to be against St Mern. It wasn't startling afterwards because there was no surprise. It wasn't like in the game we were knocking on the door. It was a tough, tough game for us to get into. And as I said, St Mern did well. The break for international matches is often said to have come at a bad time when a side suffers a defeat just prior to it, as Celtic have. A prolonged period of stewing on both the result and the performance is now underway before the release of a home game against Motherwell on October 1. But Hart said, It's part of life in top-level football. You are with international players. Good luck to them. Hope they stay safe. We get them back. And then we go again. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Times Sport September 21 Scotland versus Ukraine The Key Battles Report by Aidan Smith Che Adams versus Makola Matthew Bianco Steve Clark will be hoping striker Che Adams has taken confidence from finding the back of the net for Scotland in their last outing against Armenia in June. The Southampton man has also had a reasonable start to the campaign for his club, as he has registered four goals so far this term. Adams has proved a favourite for Clark, and he will be an important figure if Scotland are to gain a result against Ukraine. The 26-year-old will likely be up against Shakhtar Donetsk defender Mikola Matyevyanko. He has enjoyed an impressive opening to the league campaign and also starred against Celtic and RB Leipzig in the Champions League. Greg Taylor versus Andrei Yarmolenko With skipper Andy Robertson out injured, Steve Clark faces a selection dilemma of who to play in the left wing-back role. Kieran Tierney is back in the Scotland camp after an injury left him out for the last round of fixtures, 
but a lack of central defenders could see him still utilised in a back three. With this in mind, expect Greg Taylor to be given the nod in the wide role. He has played some of his best football so far this season with Celtic and is really growing into his role under Ange Postecoglou. If selected against Ukraine, Taylor would likely line up against former West Ham star Andrei Yarmolenko. The experienced midfielder is now plying his trade in the United Arab Emirates with Al Ain, and he will need to be kept quiet. Yarmolenko is his country's top scorer with 45 goals from 102 caps. Kieran Tierney versus Roman Yaremchuk. As previously mentioned, Hamden boss Clark will likely utilise Tierney on the left of a bank three. Grant Hanley and Liam Cooper are both not in the squad, meaning defensive bodies are relatively inexperienced. Clark knows what he will get from Tierney, and he should link up with Taylor well on the left flank. The Arsenal man missed out on the last round of fixtures due to injury, but he has been starting regularly for Arsenal, with Alexander Zinchenko currently out with a knock. Tierney and the rest of the backline will have to look sharp with Roman Yaremchuk likely to start in the striker role for Ukraine. The frontman broke Belgian transfer records in the summer as he moved to Club Bruges for a fee of around £16 million from Benfica. Scotland know all about him after his impressive showing at Hamden during the World Cup playoff match. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Times Sport, September 21 Crowd behaviour is a serious problem in football. Report by Press Association Eric Dyer believes that football has a serious problem with fan behaviour revealing he has told his mum she can no longer travel to watch his matches. The Tottenham defender was involved in a confrontation with a supporter following an FA Cup loss to Norwich in March 2020, climbing into the stands after the fan had argued with Dyer's brother. He was charged by the Football Association, ultimately receiving a four-match ban and a £40,000 fine. He also revealed further abuse aimed at his brother in the recent 2-2 draw at Stamford Bridge from both Chelsea and Tottenham supporters. Those flashpoints have given the 28-year-old Dyer a negative outlook on the general behaviour of supporters attending football matches. I have never spoken about that situation in the press before, because, to be honest, I wasn't at all happy with the way it was handled, he said of entering the stands two and a half years ago. I don't know what I can say about it, because I don't know if I'll get banned or fined again or whatever. It wasn't too dramatic like people make it out to be, but I don't regret it at all, and I do it again, for my family, 
my teammates, anyone, a friend of mine, I consider myself to be extremely loyal. Fan behaviour has definitely got worse. For me, it is a serious problem. I had some family and friends at the Chelsea away game with Tottenham, and they had problems. I wanted to emphasise it was both sets of fans. I am not saying it is Chelsea fans or Tottenham fans. It is football fans in general. Dyer believes there can be a level of interaction with rival fans, but feels it is crazy that his mum has to be kept away in case it escalates. He added, I never complain about this stuff and I don't really mind. We played Burnley after I went into the stands for the next away game and the Burnley fans were singing a song about my brother and I like that kind of thing. I find it quite funny. I like that kind of humour, if it is in the right way. But there are some things I find very strange. It is not nice. My family would never go to an away game nowadays because of it. And that's a shame that I feel too uncomfortable for them to go to away games. This has been for years. My mum has not been to an away game. She would love to, but I would be worried about it. And that's crazy, isn't it? All our families go through it. Every player's parents have been watching them since they were kids and have gone through that kind of stuff. Dyer was talking on his return to the England squad, having last represented the three Lions in November 2020. Now he has his eyes on the St George's Park Honours Board looking to add to his 45 caps. Evening Times Sport, September 21. Clark Keane to see Rangers keeper McCrory get more games. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Steve Clark has confessed the number of Scottish goalkeepers who are playing at a high level for their clubs is a growing concern for him and stated that he would like to see Robbie McCrory of Rangers get more games. Clark called McCrory into his squad for the Nations League matches against Ukraine and the Republic of Ireland on Monday after his injured Ibrox clubmate John McLaughlin was forced to withdraw. The national team manager believes the 24-year-old has the potential to represent his country at full international level in the future. However, he is keen for the former Scotland under-21 player, who has spent spells on loan at Berwick Rangers, Morton, Queen of the South and Livingston in recent seasons, to see more competitive action. Clark said, it would help Robbie if he was playing more regular football. More regular doesn't mean to say playing every week. Obviously, Robbie is 24 now. I am not sure what his contract situation is, to be honest. I would imagine that he is thinking at 24 that he needs to play matches. But I am not going to tell Rangers how to conduct their business. I am not going to tell any club how to conduct their business unless I am at that club.
Clark, who also has Craig Gordon of Hearts and Liam Kelly of Motherwell at his disposal for the forthcoming Group B1 fixtures, admitted he would like to see more Scottish goalkeepers in general playing at club level. He said, You have got Liam, who is playing week in, week out in the Scottish Premiership. You had Xander Clark, who was playing week in, week out. Xander has chosen to go to Hearts, and he is obviously going to sit on the bench behind Craig, for now anyway. It is an area that would give you some concern moving forward. It is something that we are aware of and we are looking at. You are not always going to get three diamonds like Alan McGregor, David Marshall and Craig Gordon at the same time. Hopefully we can find someone. We are looking around trying to find somebody with a granny that is Scottish, that doesn't really know they are Scottish. You are always looking. We are mindful of the fact that it is an area that could be of concern going forward. Listen, let's not prejudge. Liam Kelly hasn't had any games for Scotland. Xander Clark hasn't had any games. Young Robbie hasn't had any games. But let's not prejudge the situation. It is something of which you have to be mindful. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Times Sport, September 21. Steve Clark brands Porch's reputation as being unfair. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Steve Clark has defended Ryan Porch's following his weekend mauling by Aberdeen manager Jim Goodwin and revealed the Hibs centre-half is in line to make his Scotland debut in this international break. Goodwin singled out Porteous for scathing criticism after the Pitotry club suffered a 3-1 defeat to Hibs in a singed premiership game at Easter Road on Saturday. He branded the defender a cheat after referee David Dickinson sent off Liam Scales following a tussle with the defender and awarded the home team a penalty which Martin Boyle scored. But Clark has stated the 23-year-old, who has become a hate figure with Rangers fans following a series of high-profile flashpoints in recent seasons, has an unfair reputation. He said, I am not aware of a media storm around him. Ryan is fine. I spoke to him and he is fine. He is comfortable. I think we should protect all the players if we can. Listen, once you are out there on the pitch, you are there to be judged and some people will judge you the other way. I will only judge Ryan by what he does for us, how he trains for us, how he works for us, when he gets his chance to play. That's how I will judge him. I cannot comment on what other people think of Ryan Porteous. I think he is tarnished unfairly. I have found him to be a very enthusiastic, polite young man who comes into the group, trains well, works well, and is desperate to play for his country. Clark was dealt a blow on Monday when Norwich City centre-half Grant Hanley was forced to pull out of the Scotland squad. 
asked if poachers could win his first cap against either Ukraine or the Republic of Ireland in the next seven days, he said, Well, if you look at it, I only have three players that would be recognised as central defenders. Jack Hendry, Scott McKenna and Kieran Tierney. It would certainly improve his chances. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Times Sport, September 21. Postikoglu shuts down Celtic exit links. Report by Ewan Payton. Ange Postikoglu insists he is living the dream at Celtic. The Australian says speculation about an exit from Parkhead for the Premier League has not even crossed his mind. After just over one year in Glasgow, Postikoglu has attracted interest from suitors south of the border. Some Premier League clubs are believed to be very impressed with the Hoops Gaffer's brand of football and his clear eye for a player. He was linked with the Brighton job before Roberto de Zerbi was selected as a replacement for Graham Potter, who left for Chelsea. Reports down south are now suggesting that Postecoglou could be lined up as a replacement for Brendan Rodgers at Leicester City, with the former Celtic boss struggling at the King Power after three and a half years. However, Postecoglou is adamant that he is not looking to jump shop. The Parkhead manager is back down under during the international break following his side's loss to St Mirren on Sunday. He told Fox News, It's not really on my radar that Leicester interest. It's a bit like our players. I keep saying to them that if they do what they do well, all this other stuff takes care of itself, whatever their ambitions or my ambitions may be. My ambition's always been the same, wherever I've been, to be as successful as I can. I have charted a course that's got me to where I am today. I've just tried to do it to the best of my ability and opportunities arise from there. Right now, I am at a massive football club. I'm living the dream. I'm enjoying every minute of it, and I'm determined to bring as much success as I can to it while I'm here. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Times Sport, September 22. Steve Clark will call up one or two after injury blows. Report by David Urban Steve Clark has revealed he could add two faces to his Scotland squad for Saturday's Nations League clash against Ireland. The national team boss confirmed David Turnbull has suffered an ankle knock and will not feature during the international break and has returned to Celtic. Clark also suggested he could add to his squad after Nathan Patterson was stretchered off in the early stages against Ukraine. While coy on any timeline on the injury, it appears Patterson could be out for this weekend's match as medics diagnose the issue. On Patterson's injury blow, Clark said, It doesn't look too good 
when they go off on a stretcher. He obviously felt something in his leg. We'll wait and see what the medics say and how it pans out. Hopefully not too serious and not out too long. Confirming discussions will be held over further call-ups to replace Patterson and Turnbull. Clark added, We'll go away and we'll have a little chat about it. David Turnbull pulled out of the squad. He picked up an ankle knock at the weekend that we thought would clear up. It's not going to clear up in time for us, so he's better to go back to his club and get ready for their next game. I'll probably need to call up at least one, maybe two players. Clark has already had to alter his squad for the national team camp, with John McLaughlin, Grant Hanley and Jacob Brown all pulling out ahead of the win over Ukraine. Robbie McCrory was then called up as a replacement, and Clark is now set to call on another couple of players before facing Ireland and Ukraine again. On the result, Clark said, I am pleased for the players. They've been suffering over the summer more than anybody. Evening Times Sport, September 22. Former Hibs and Rangers ace Jason Cummings loses passport ahead of big Australia chance. Report by Ewan Payton. Former Hibs and Rangers star Jason Cummings is gearing up for his big Australia chance today. The attacker left Dundee last season to head down under in a bid to try something new in his career. Since joining A-League outfit Central Coast Mariners in January, the 27-year-old's form has earned him a call-up to the Australian national squad. And with the World Cup on the horizon in November, he will be aiming to impress boss Graeme Arnold. However, Cummings has had to endure a late scare in his lead-up to Australia's game with New Zealand. With his passport being found on Bondi Beach, thankfully the travel documents were safe. Shared on a Facebook group with the aim of returning the passport back to Cummings, Stella Anton wrote, My housemate found this passport in the street in Bondi Beach near McDonald's a few days ago. Belongs to a Jason Cummings. If anyone knows him, let me know and let him know it's been found. And if not claimed, it will be handed to the police station when we drive down on Thursday. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Time Sport, September 22 Dykes targets Scotland Nations League payback. Report by David Irvin Lyndon Dykes insists Scotland owe Ireland one after the dreadful defeat in Dublin. Steve Clark's side fell to a nightmare 3-0 defeat against Ireland in the first meeting in the Nations League group and are seeking redemption as the Nations meet again in Glasgow this weekend. Dykes is determined to inflict some retaliation to the Ireland team after the loss in Dublin and reckons the comfortable win over Ukraine 
will have his teammates full of confidence for another massive night at Hamden. Said Dykes after the Ukraine win, We've got one to give to Ireland as well, because last game, that wasn't up to the standard we should have been at. We have to take that confidence into that game and make sure we get three points. We wanted to prove everyone wrong. We wanted to show we could have done better on the night against Ukraine in the summer. We had to put our heads back to the training ground, work hard, and we did that tonight. We're focused on the group now, and it's a good start to the three games. Dyke climbed off the bench to notch a double and ensure a huge win to take Scotland top of the Nations League group. The striker, who chose Scotland over Australia, powered home two headers as he linked with fellow substitute Ryan Fraser in a dominant closing period at Hamden. Reflecting on the win, Dykes commented, Obviously, I wanted to impact the game. I was disappointed that I wasn't playing. The manager went with Che because there is a good competition there. But I came on, changed the game, and we got three points. So it was good. Report by David Irvin Evening Times Sport, September 22 Jack Grealish takes pop back at Graeme Souness. Report by Ewan Payton. England star Jack Grealish has taken a pop back at Graeme Souness saying, I don't know what his problem is with me. The Rangers legend appeared on TalkSport earlier this week and the former Liverpool manager made a point of saying that he doesn't feel Grealish is a great player and many overstate his abilities. Grealish moved to Manchester City last summer for a whopping £100 million from Aston Villa. The international admits himself he could do more and can still improve, but he made it clear that Souness's criticisms mean nothing to him, and he said, I don't know what his problem is with me. He always says stuff about me, but I try not to read a lot of it. It is difficult when he's on Sky Sports and it's everywhere around the training ground at times. Listen, he was obviously a great player and won a lot, but I don't know what it is with what he says about me or what problem he's got. I know within myself I always watch my games back and I am very critical of myself. I know that there were games, especially in the second half of last season, where I wasn't at my best. People have so much to say, whether that be on social media or pundits and stuff like that, it's just part and parcel of the game. Everyone wants to talk about it, whether it is good or bad, so you just have to go with the flow. I've had to learn to deal with it. It's more if someone was saying it like my mum or my dad or someone, I'd listen a lot more. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport September 22 Kilmarnock launch investigation 
into alleged Kyle Lafferty sectarian comments. Report by Ewan Payton. Kilmarnock have lodged an investigation into alleged sectarian comments made by player Kyle Lafferty. A clip circulating online appears to show the Killy striker supposedly speaking to Celtic fans in a bar. The video starts with a man appearing to want a photo with the former Rangers star. With the clip being filmed and the pair posing, he then seems to state, up the Celts. Northern Ireland international Lafferty instantly steps away from the man before appearing to make a comment as he walked off. Now Kilmarnock have confirmed they are investigating the matter. A club statement reads, Kilmarnock Football Club are aware of a video circulating online which appears to show a member of our playing staff using language of a sectarian nature. The club finds all forms of discriminatory behaviour completely unacceptable. The matter will be investigated by the club. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport September 22 John McGinn insists Ukraine World Cup playoff defeat fueled Scotland victory. Report by David Irvin John McGinn has admitted the pain of the World Cup playoff defeat to Ukraine fueled the Scotland squad to victory in the Nations League. The stand-in skipper insisted the players owed Steve Clark the Tartan Army and themselves a huge performance and they delivered with a win to move top of the Nations League group ahead of a crucial match against Ireland on Saturday. Said the Aston Villa midfielder, we needed it, the summer hurt us and it hurt us badly. Tonight we had to get back to what we've been doing well, being horrible to play against, grafting, showing a bit of desire. We worked and worked. Ukraine are a really good team. They proved that in the summer. But we got goals at good times and it's a huge win for us. We know we underperformed in the summer. We can make as many excuses as we want, but we didn't turn up. We owed the manager and supporters a performance and most importantly, we owed ourselves a performance. We knew how important it was to get a result tonight. We didn't turn up in Dublin, so we needed to make sure we turned up in Glasgow. We are a top team, and it's about time we started to show it, and thankfully we did tonight. McGinn netted the opener in the 3-0 win and was thrilled to be back in amongst the goals after a difficult spell in recent times. He explained, It's been a tough time for me personally on the pitch, but I've got the self-belief there. I was just so relieved when that goal went in. Hopefully back on the goal trail for country and for my club as well. Report by David Irvin Evening Times Sport September 22 Postikoglu shoots down cheeky Australian TV question Report by James McLaughlin Ange Postikoglu 
has once again moved to diffuse rumours a move to the Premier League could be in the offing. The Aussie is back in his homeland to promote the Sydney Super Cup, where the Hoops will face Frank Lampard's Everton and one of Sydney's two A-League teams in November. Yesterday, he was asked by Sky Sports about links to Brighton and Leicester City, where former Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers is under serious pressure. But Postecoglou was in no mood to take such claims seriously, as host Wahid Ali gently probed him, suggesting a move could be signed and sealed in the coming weeks, meaning Angie's homecoming branding for the tournament could be disrupted. Speaking on Australian TV, Ali asked, Will you really be here in November? The rumour mill is rife that you'll be off to the Premier League, coaching Leicester City, which, by the way, would be a fantastic triumph. So you'll be over there probably in a couple of weeks. Postico replied, Don't read too much into it, Walid. Twelve months ago, I was the favourite to get the sack by Christmas. So things change pretty quickly in football. I am really happy where I am. It's a massive football club, Celtic football club. We play in front of 60,000 people every week, as you've seen. We have opportunities to win trophies. We are in the Champions League. I am loving it at the moment. I am living the dream. I am exactly where I want to be and looking forward to bringing more success to the club. Report by James McLaughlin Evening Times Sport, September 22 Ian McCall arouse timing of Patty Thistle fan ownership dispute. Report by James Kearney Ian McCall insists the fan ownership dispute at Firhill will not be a distraction for his players as the Championship side prepare for a SPFL Trust Trophy fixture with Falkirk tomorrow night, with the Jags manager describing the situation as typical thistle. On Tuesday it was announced that the PTFC Trust had received Colin Weir's 55% stake in the Maryhill Club, but the news was met with a largely angry response by supporters who have not been consulted as the club has become fan-owned. With his team at the top of the table, and with a Premier Sports Cup quarter-final to look forward to, the timing of the off-field drama is not ideal for McCall and his team, with their unrest behind the scenes coming after a difficult few years for the club. McCall, speaking as Thistle confirmed an extended two-year partnership with Macklin Motors Nissan Glasgow Central, said, I mean, listen, personally for me, I know what will happen. If we lose a couple of games, I'll get absolutely dog's abuse. But you know what? If we lose a couple of games, I will get dog's abuse anyway. I don't think it has affected the players. No, I think we'd much rather it wasn't there in the background, to be honest. You know, somebody said to me, it's typical Thistle on Saturday, 
losing two late goals, but still going top of the league. This feels typical Thistle as well. It's very Thistle like that when we have managed in three years to get the club turned around. We've always moved it forward. It's been really hard through Covid, through not getting the Covid relief money we wanted, through the worst injury crisis in 25 years of management, through demotion. It has been really hard, but we have managed through, and then this comes, and there can't be the fullness of enjoyment of it. Despite it all, McCall hopes that supporters can continue to lend their backing to the team on match days, and he continued. What I have noticed is the support at the home games has been brilliant, and the crowds are getting bigger. For me, that's great. The other stuff, I am a Thistle supporter, but I genuinely don't really know the ins and outs of it, and I think supporters would be happy for me to be like that and just really keep concentrating on trying to get the team better. Supporters have backed the team, they absolutely have done. The home games recently have been great. It's helped how we've started almost every game, and we have won most of them. I think we have won every game and drawn a couple, so we have scored a lot of goals. We had just about 3,000 of our own fans there against Cole. Listen, I'd rather we were all saying Kumbaya together, but hey-ho. The club board have found themselves criticised by some supporters during the fan ownership dispute, but McCall believes that they have done well to carry out their duties during his time at the club. He said, The criticism is for less than what it was when I took over, I can assure you. In the cold light of day, it has been hard at the club for the last two to three years, for all the things, hard on the supporters, hard on life, and I think the board has steered the ship reasonably well. Hopefully I have helped, because there has been a lot of bloody hard times, a lot of things in the last three years I have never really encountered. I have never encountered demotion. I have never encountered that money thing. I've never encountered that type of injury list. I have never encountered the pitch being as bad as that. It's been, again, typical thistle, I suppose. McCall added that his players remain focused on the task at hand and have not discussed the fan ownership dispute in the dressing room. He said, The players, listen, no. When you're at Thistle, you need to integrate yourself with the club because it is a very special club. And I think a lot of the players have done that, certainly the players who have been here for a number of months and years. But not really, you'll find that all around Scotland things are happening at different clubs with boards and fans. Players can't do anything. Players are paid to play football and try to win games and show a bit of pride in the jersey. And nobody can tell me they haven't done that. Report by James Kearney Evening Times Sport, September 22 Ukraine manager admits he is missing the backbone of his team. Report by Matthew Lindsay
Ukraine manager Alexander Petrakov last night blamed injuries for his side's failure to repeat their Qatar 2022 playoff semi-final win over Scotland at Hamden. Petrakov was missing Arsenal player Alexander Zinchenko and several other established internationalists in the Nations League match with Steve Clark's team. He admitted the visitors, who now take on Armenia in Yerevan on Saturday, deserved to lose 3-0 and surrender their top spot in their section to their hosts. The 65-year-old, whose team meets Scotland in Poland on Tuesday in an encounter which will decide who tops the section and secured a Euro 2024 playoff spot, feels Ukraine are missing their backbone. He said, the main difference was that our main players, our key players, were not on the pitch. There's a whole list of players missing, players who are the backbone of the team, like Alexander Zinchenko and others. I gave a chance to other young players to show they could substitute the big boys, but they didn't do so. Our performance in the first half was okay, but we all saw the performance nosedive in the second half. I actually saw in training on Tuesday this could happen and stopped the session to warn the players, but it didn't help. We lost fair and square. We will now have a talk with the players and see what went wrong and draw some conclusions. With games still to play, I am still optimistic we can take first spot in the group. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Times Sport September 23 Andy Robertson opens up on possible Celtic move before career ends. Report by David Irwin Andy Robertson has admitted he cannot help but consider a possible move to Celtic before hanging up his boots every time he watches his boyhood club. The Scotland captain is among the top fullbacks in the world and still a key player at Liverpool, but he has revealed an emotional return to Celtic does cross his mind. The 28-year-old Robertson was released by Celtic as a 15-year-old, but rose through the ranks at Queen's Park before moves to Dundee United, Hull and then on to Anfield. Now the Scotland skipper, missing the Nations League matches through injury, is a Premier League and Champions League winner. But he's revealed he often considers a return to Celtic before his career is finished, but only if he can guarantee his own performance levels. That's not to say Robertson is already thinking of a move from Liverpool, with the fullback admitting he'd be delighted to finish his career at Anfield. But should there come a time when he is to move on, Celtic Park would be a huge draw for the defender. Speaking to the Daily Record, he said, Every time I watch Celtic, I consider it. When you watch them and see a packed Celtic Park, as a fan you always have that dream. Ideally, I want to finish my career here at Liverpool. If I can stay at the top of my game, at the top of the tree my whole career, that's the route I want to go down. 
But also when I look at Celtic and when I was growing up, I was thinking I wanted to give them my best years. When I was at Queen's Park, I had a dream of still playing with Celtic and always dreamed of giving my best years to Celtic. And now I don't want to go as a 34 or 35 year old guy that my uncle start hating on me because I can't move anymore. Time will tell. I'm very much a person who lives in the moment. I don't look too far ahead and I don't often look back. There will be a time for that. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times Sport, September 23. Three public tennis courts are now open in Glasgow's Garrow Hill Park. Report by Marissa McWhitter. Pupils from a local primary school were invited to be the first players on the asphalt as the East End welcomes brand new tennis courts to the community. Pupils from Garrow Hill Primary School took part in a tennis session led by Neil Haig, Tennis Participation Officer at Glasgow Life, to celebrate the opening of three state-of-the-art tennis courts yesterday. The all-weather Macadam surface courts are an exciting new addition to Garrow Hill Park in Bayliston, following a £300,000 investment from Glasgow City Council, Sports Scotland, the Lawn Tennis Association and Tennis Scotland. The courts are operated by the charity Glasgow Life and are free to use for all members of the public and the community. The tennis courts are served by a new sustainability-led smart gate system which records the number of users and the system is linked to floodlights which only turn on when the court is booked to minimise energy usage. Kevin Lally, Labour councillor for Bayliston, told the Glasgow Times that the new courts went beyond the expectations of the local community and hopes the thriving tennis atmosphere that existed years ago in Garrow Hill Park will return with the new facilities. Councillor Lally said, I was speaking to some local residents and they're so happy, so pleased. This is a vast, vast improvement for Garrow Hill and it's a much needed facility. Bailey Annette Christie, Chair of Glasgow Life, said, The reaction this morning from Garrow Hill primary pupils has been fantastic. They were playing away, learning all the skills of tennis. This facility, offering three courts in the east end of the city, is very, very important for the east end and indeed across Glasgow. Glasgow Life is a charity that promotes sport and well-being and culture in the city. So this facility will offer not only physical but mental well-being for anyone who can come along and book. I would like to say to members of the public, get booking and come along and enjoy the facility. Andy Kelly, Project Manager at Sports Scotland said, we've got a plan to look at equality, diversity and inclusion 
and trying to invest in those communities that really need the help, where the kids don't have the opportunity to play sport. So a project like this, working with Glasgow Life, is fantastic. We have seen today that the kids are out really working away, and the hope is that after today, they will be coming back. It's an open facility. They can come in and use it any time. So it's that encouragement of getting the local people to come in here, participate in sport. And we can also say that there were locals standing around and watching the opening event. The next thing is encouraging them to come in and use this facility. I think it's a great thing for the East End of Glasgow. There's a nice little complex of sports facilities here, and this just adds to it. The benefits of participating in sport are well known, and the hope is that free facilities that can be enjoyed rain or shine any time of day will encourage the communities as a whole to get active in an accessible way. Report by Marisa McWhorter. Evening Times Sport, September 23 Kyle Lafferty removed from Northern Ireland squad Report by Ewan Payton Kyle Lafferty has been withdrawn from the Northern Ireland national team squad amid an investigation into an alleged sectarian slur. The 35-year-old striker is under investigation by Kilmarnock after a video circulating online appeared to show him allegedly using sectarian language. The Ayrshire side say they are aware of the clip and are looking into the matter. It was revealed this morning that, as a result of the investigation, Lafferty would be taken out of Ian Barraclough's national team squad. Now it has been confirmed by the Irish FA. A statement from the IFA said, Northern Ireland senior men's team player Kyle Lafferty has been withdrawn from the squad ahead of the upcoming UEFA Nations League games against Kosovo and Greece. The Irish Football Association is aware of a social media video which has been circulated widely. The association also notes an investigation has been launched into the video by the strikers club Kilmarnock FC. A minor back problem has prevented Lafferty from participating in training since Tuesday. Lafferty is under contract at Kilmarnock until May 2023. Evening Times Sport, September 23. Maida hoping to end Celtic goal-scoring drought. Report by Aidan Smith Celtic star Dazen Maida admits he is desperate to end his scoring drought in the league for Celtic. The 24-year-old is with the Japanese squad for their friendly matches and is expected to secure a place in this year's World Cup squad. However, the former Yokohama F. Marinos player admits he is frustrated he has yet to net for the hoops in the league this season, with his only goal coming against Ross County in the League Cup. He said, I haven't scored a goal yet for Celtic in the league, but hopefully I can change that soon. Celtic are a very easy team to play for, 
I think I work hard for the team, and I like to defend from the front. I like to be able to say I have helped my teammates at the back as well. I try my best for Celtic to be able to help at both ends of the pitch. I am very much looking forward to the World Cup. We are playing some very high-ranked countries and I think my speed will come in handy because we will break on the counter-attack against them. It will be a great tournament and we are all looking forward to it. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Times Sport September 23 John McGinn calls on Scotland Avengers Report by Graeme McGarry Scotland hero John McGinn says the national side are determined to avenge their abject defeat to the Republic of Ireland in the summer and they will use the pain of that chastening evening in Dublin as a motivation to put the Irish side to the sword at Hamden tomorrow night. McGinn was part of the team that were humiliated by Stephen Kenny's outfit in the only defeat of their Nations League campaign so far, when a beleaguered Scottish side went down by three goals to nil at the Aviva Stadium. Fresh from a stunning performance to defeat Ukraine by that same scoreline at Hamden on Wednesday night, McGinn says that Steve Clark's men are now eyeing revenge at the National Stadium to cement their advantage at the top of Group E. Said McGinn, that night certainly hurts. A lot of the summer games hurt us and probably put a little bit more doubt at the back of our heads and the back of everyone's heads about where we were progressing. But the manager was first class on Sunday night. He got us in, even though the game was Wednesday. He showed us clips from the summer and said, why have we got away from doing X, Y and Z? Which was right. The things that had made us brilliant as a team, the thing that got us to the Euros, the thing that got us to second in the World Cup group was first and foremost being horrible to beat, winning every second ball. That night in Ireland epitomised everything that was going wrong in the summer, so we certainly have to try and avenge that on Saturday. It's not a case of just turning up just because we beat Ukraine at home. We are aware of that. We need to put in the same performance as the other night and play the complete opposite way to what we did in Dublin. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Times Sport September 23 Rangers and Livingston spark emergency SPFL talks over Sky TV deal Report by Ewan Payton Premiership clubs are reportedly set for emergency talks next week in a latest attempt to get the new £150 million Sky TV deal over the line. Rangers and Livingston have yet to give their backing to the proposed deal which is on the table from Sky Sports. The Daily Mail report that Livy could be kingmakers in the deal which will be further discussed next Tuesday. 
an 11 to 1 majority is required to see a qualified resolution on the matter go through. The deal originally had the support of 11 out of the 12 top flight clubs. Rangers failed to show their backing. Talks last month saw a qualified resolution option arise, which would allow SPFL bosses to swerve Rangers' stance on the basis that it keeps that 11 to 1 majority. With Livingston yet to back the deal though, talks will go ahead between SPFL clubs on Tuesday, September 27. The proposed new deal will see Sky increase the number of games they can show from 48 to 60 per season from the 2024-25 campaign. Each team will also see the number of home games broadcasted boosted from 4 to 5 per season. In return for the additional rights, Sky will increase annual payments to Premier Clubs from £25 million to £30 million by the 2028-29 season. Lower division sides are believed to be in favour of the deal. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Time Sport September 23 One of the rarest pieces of Rangers memorabilia to be put to auction in Glasgow. Report by Nicole Mitchell A match jersey from Rangers historic 1972 European Cup triumph over Dynamo Moscow will headline an auction of rare sporting memorabilia next month. Rangers victory against Moscow on May 24, 1972 was a truly historic moment in the club's history when they secured the trophy with a 3-2 win over the Soviet side in a packed Nou Camp Stadium in Barcelona. The shirt, which was worn by midfielder Alfie Kohn, is the first jersey from the match to come to auction, making it one of the most important pieces to ever go under the hammer from Rangers. It went from Con to the Loudoun Tavern in Glasgow, where it was on display for a number of years, and is now offered from a private collection of Rangers match-worn shirts. Experts at McTears estimate it could fetch between £15,000 and £20,000 when it appears in the More Than A Game Sporting Medals and Shirts Auction on Friday, October 14. Commenting on the auction, James Bruce, McTeer's sporting specialist, said, The Barca Bears have forged legendary status at Ibrox, with anything associated with their European run, and particularly the final itself, always attracting significant interest. A jersey from the Moscow game is a rare thing indeed, with this remarkable lot representing one of the most important pieces of Rangers memorabilia to ever come to auction. Report by Nicole Mitchell. From the Glasgow Times, 
Saturday the 24th of September 2022, from the sports section, football, Scotland 2, Ireland 1. Gutsy Scotland dig deep to see off Ireland and move to the brink of precious playoff spot by Graham McGarry. It may not have been particularly pretty. It could be argued that it was a touch fortunate on the balance of chances, but Scotland showed they have got the grit to go with the guile they showed against Ukraine last week as they came out on top of a brutal battle against the Republic of Ireland at Hampden Park. Irish skipper John Egan had silenced the National Stadium, save for the delirious pocket of green tucked into one corner of the old ball, by smashing home after Scotland had failed to properly clear from an Irish corner early on. Jack Hendry stepped up to the plate at the start of the second period though to drive the Scots back into an absorbing contest, and Ryan Christie's late penalty capped off the comeback to ensure the host got the win that sends him to Poland for the final game of this Nations League section in fine fettle. Steve Clark's men are now in a fantastic position to secure a playoff spot for their European Championships and promotion to Group A, avoid defeat against Ukraine and those prizes are theirs. And in the end, the Tartan army got the party they craved to mark John McGinn's 50th cap for his country, even if it came at something of a cost, with injuries to Kieran Tierney and Aaron Hickey picked up along the way. There was just one change to Steve Clark's lineup from the win over Ukraine on Wednesday, two-goal hero Lyndon Dykes stepping up from the bench and Che Adams giving a rest with the trip to Poland in mind. Ireland were pressing the Scots a lot higher than Ukraine did last Wednesday, but the hosts looked like they had the wherewithal to play through it early on, some lovely one-touch football sending Scott McTominay in down the left, but his cross was deflected into the arms of keeper Gavin Bazuna. That was a, that was a fleeting example though, with the visitors doing well to stop the Scots building the play as they liked to from the back. The frustrations with the offside guidelines for assistance to hold their flag are well worn by now, but at least it was the Irish who were on the end of it as Tory, Troy Parrott burst through and hammered the ball high into Craig Gordon's net, only for the wild celebrations in their way in to eventually, and correctly, be brought to an end. Ireland appeared buoyed nonetheless, and McTominay was robbed in midfield to give the impressive Michael Obafemi space to attack the area before feeding the ball for Parrott to get a strike away that Hendry blocked behind. From the corner though, the visitors would take a deserved lead. James McLean's corner was swung into the six-yard box, where Dykes got up to head to the edge of the area. Jason Malumbi got up above a hesitant Callum McGregor to force the ball back into the area though, and the greater hunger of the Irish told as Egan punched in the loose ball to fire home low past Gordon. The night was supposed to be all about McGinn, but a sclaffed effort in the volley from the stand-in skipper just before the half hour was the first time that he had posed anything resembling a threat to the Irish goal. In fairness, he wasn't alone. Scotland's attacking players simply couldn't get into the game. Christie had made the wrong decision moments earlier when passing in a good shooting position, while Stuart Armstrong had thrown a couple of crosses but wasn't getting in the same threatening positions he was against Ukraine. There was a further blow for the Scots before the interval as Tierney went down in the area under McGinn corner delivery, the Arsenal man seemingly seemingly to be accidentally thumped by Marker Parrott. It was enough to end his night, with Greg Taylor coming on to replace him. Josh Colwyn was walking a tightrope for the visitors, following up his booking for persistent fouling by scything down Hickey, he was fortunate to avoid a quick-fire second yellow, to say the least, and it was something of a surprise that Irish manager Stephen Kenny didn't withdraw him at the interval for his own good. There were no changes made by Clark at the break either, 
with the same players given the chance to rectify the situation, and it was the unlikeliest of men who grasped the thistle. Hendry came storming out of the defence to start an attack that he would finish, the ball eventually working its way up to Christie on the right. He dropped a shoulder to beat Matt Doherty at all ends up, before clipping a beauty of a cross onto the head of Hendry, who had continued his run into the box, and he steered the ball home expertly in off the far post. Suddenly it was Scotland who were the first at every ball, and swarming all over the visitors, but they were almost caught in the break as a poor ball from McGregor on the edge of the Irish box gave the visitors a glorious 2-1 to opportunity to restore their lead. With just Hickey for company, Oba Femi sprung forward and fed Strike Parker Parrott to put him clean through in Gordon, but the Scotland keeper stood tall and made a huge save. Hickey was injured in the process of scampering back, so the second Scottish fullback of the night limped off, Anthony Ralston coming on in his place. Ryan Fraser was also thrown on for Armstrong, and the winger provided a threat, getting a shot away that Bazuna had to touch behind. McGinn's flicked header from the resultant corner was then scrambled clear from under the bar. The Scots would get their opportunity to win it though, as another Fraser corner was headed on by McTominay and substitute Alan Brown handled to give away a clear penalty. Christie stepped up, sent Bazuna the wrong way and Hamden went berserk. By hook or by crook, the Scots had done it. Now they have to finish the job. And that report was by Graham McGarry. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 24th of September 2022, from the sports section, Steve Clark offers positive injury update on Kieran Tierney and Aaron Hickey. By David Irvin, read by Ian. Steve Clark has offered a positive injury update on Kieran Tierney and Aaron Hickey after the win over Ireland. Both fullbacks were forced off with knocks in the comeback win in Nations League action at Hamden. Tierney went off in the first half with a suspected head knock, while Hickey looked to suffer cramp later in the match. But Clark has seized concerns over major injuries for the pair, as he insisted they were taken off as a precaution. Both of them are okay, said Clark when asked for an update in the fullback duo. We took Kieran off as a precaution. Aaron felt a tightness, so we took him off as a precaution. Like you say, we have good strength and depth. Tony Ralston and Greg Taylor come off the bench. Both good players and both fitted in, no problem. Which is why we do the work and why I try to have continuity in my selection. They know exactly what's required of them. The injury blows come after David Turnbull and Nathan Patterson had to withdraw from the national team squad after the win over Ukraine in midweek. Andy Robertson misses the entire camp with an injury picked up during club action with John McLaughlin, Grant Hanley and Jacob Brown also withdrawing from the squad during the international break. Commenting on the win over Ireland, when quizzing a standout character and spirit in the squad, Clark said, I've been saying that about this group of players for a long, long time. They are desperate to do well for their country, and they showed that again tonight. I'm delighted for the players and really proud of them. And that article is by David Irvin. Evening Times, a sport, September 26. The Monday kickoff. Heady days for the Tartan Army. Report by James Morgan. There was a time in the not-so-distant past when a Scotland international break was met with the kind of collective groan that accompanies the discovery that the BBC are still funding the production of Irish tragic comedy Mrs Brown's Boys. 
Some of the more embarrassing moments included a 3-0 defeat in Kazakhstan and a thrashing in Belgium, but the script has evolved quite significantly since those toe-curling days, which is more than can be said for Mrs Brown's boys. Tomorrow in Krakow, Scotland can secure a playoff spot for Euro 2024, so long as they avoid defeat by Ukraine, following two energising victories in recent days. Last Wednesday's win over the same opponents at Hamden was mightily impressive and represented a return to the type of physical, in-your-face performance that had been the hallmark of the previous European Championship qualifying campaign, which culminated in playoff victories over Israel and Serbia. The similarly cathartic win over the Republic of Ireland at the National Stadium on Saturday, a battling, teeth-bearing victory, was a stirring antidote to the woeful performance they turned in in Dublin in June. It now appears as if those back-to-back summer defeats at the hands of the same opponents that Scotland have now beaten impressively were mere blips. The great shame is that the first of those slip-ups denied Scotland their place at a first World Cup finals since 1998. But perhaps this is merely the start and not the end of a long run. There is a depth to the Scotland team that Steve Clark has built, and it is a description that relates to both the quality of the squad and to the reservoir of character it possesses. There is a production line of talent coming through, as the repeated incursion by English Premier League clubs demonstrate as they hoover up the best of the young talent from academies in Scotland. Topping Nations League Group B1, elevation to the A tier of the competition and securing a playoff spot would only serve to reinforce the belief that Scotland is an emerging force at the international level. Plenty left in reserve. On that note, it is possible to witness the future right before our eyes with a look at Scott Gemmell's under-21s. If there is an area of the pitch where the senior team are perhaps in need of an infusion of fresh talent, it might just be in attack. Yes, Che Adams was unlucky not to score last Wednesday night and gave the Ukraine backline plenty to think about with his energy and his runs in behind, but he was also wasteful. Yes, Lyndon Dykes rose majestically to head in the clinching second and third goals, but he is also a certain type of striker and not necessarily suited to playing the lone role as evidenced against the Republic of Ireland on Saturday. Which is why it is instructive to look at Gemmell's squad, where there are two players who might provide the senior squad with long-term options. This column recently mentioned Tommy Conway, the young Bristol City striker, who has started his season in the Championship with seven goals in 12 games, who made his debut 
for the under-21s against Northern Ireland on Thursday. And Ben Doak, the young Liverpool attacker, formerly of Celtic, who scored a fine individual goal in that 3-0 win in Belfast before sitting out the return game yesterday. The progress of both will serve to intrigue and offer further grounds for optimism. What's on TV? Rangers have the chance to go back to the top of the Premiership when they meet Hearts in the lunchtime kickoff at Tynecastle on Saturday. Sky Sports Football 12.30, albeit only for a couple of hours. It is an opportunity that they would not have expected so quickly after falling five points behind Celtic in the title race when the sides met at the start of this month. Standing in their way will be a Hearts team that will be looking to record their third win on the trot. Robbie Nielsen's side will have to buck the recent trend of failing to beat Rangers. Their last victories came against the Ibrox side in 2020, the second of which almost resulted in Stephen Gerrard resigning before the COVID-19 outbreak intervened. But those results were something of a blip in a recent trend. Those are their only wins over Rangers since a 4-1 victory at Tynecastle in February 2017, a run spanning 18 fixtures. Warriors more like their old selves. Glasgow Warriors will head into Saturday's United Rugby Championship match against Ospreys with a spring in their step after they left punters with a familiar Friday feeling at Scotston the other night. Lambasted for a limp performance against Benetton Treviso in the league opener 10 days ago, there was plenty of panache to Franco Smith's men, a flair that had been missing not just in Italy, but over large chunks of the previous campaign under Danny Wilson. The ankle ligament injury to Rory Darge is a sickening blow but it might also present an opportunity to Thomas Gordon, who stood in against Cardiff and provided an assured performance while nabbing a second-half try into the bargain. For Warriors fans, there can be a renewed sense of optimism that Smith is the man to make Glasgow a force at this level once more. Murray's legacy is beyond debate. There was a slew of critics mocking Andy Murray for appearing in a picture with Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic for the Swiss Greats final farewell at the Lever Cup in London last week. The main gist of their comments seemed to be of the what's he doing there variety. Of course it's a familiar trait of the social media brigade to rubbish sporting achievements these days to reframe or recast history in a negative and inaccurate light. Yes, Andy's three Grand Slam victories pale in comparison sat beside Pederer, 20, Djokovic, 21 and Nadal, 22, but they only tell part of the story. 
Such a rudimentary reading ignores the two Olympic gold medals the Scot won. They ignore the eight other Grand Slam finals he played in, his 46 ATP singles titles, the fact he was world number one for the best part of a year during the era, and it ignores too the hip injury, which first started bothering him in 2017 and resulted in a surgery in 2018 that has ended the careers of lesser mortals. It is possible to speculate that without that injury, Murray could have done plenty of stat padding as some of his contemporaries' dominance waned over that time frame. It's conjecture, of course, revisionism, if you will, the kind of thing that's just as pointless as reducing the impact Murray made on the game to the fact he did not win more than three Grand Slams. 1,396 The number of supporters who turned up to watch open goal Broomhill's 1-1 draw against Hearts B at Broadwood on Friday. Say what you like about the decision to bring Simon Ferry on board this summer, but his and the show's presence at the club is being reflected in people coming through the turnstiles. Broomhill are the most watched club in the Lowland League after six games, with crowds averaging 554, comments James Morgan. And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening. <laughs>